show where it's always morning even in the afternoon i'm your host jay edgar and i am joined to the right of the screen as always by my wonderful co-host elaine elaine how was your weekend how was your week before we get was... into all the bad news <laughs> it was pretty good actually i've been really really busy yeah it's uh it's been a busy week especially for those of us who follow the news regularly here because shit's about to get real this is officially <laughs> the last red Ned show that we can say President currently Donald J. Trump. Unless, of course, we get some last-minute reality show twist that comes up at the very, very end of this again. I'm not ruling anything out at this point. <laughs> I'm not ruling anything out at this point here. It's uh, It's been wild here, and the Capitol is ramping up. It is, I mean, it's going crazy down there. Have you, have you seen any of the pictures of anything that's happening over here? Yes, I've seen the diagrams of all the streets and intersections that are closed, and I don't know how anybody is getting anywhere in D.C. right now. I think everybody's just probably walking or biking because you can't drive anywhere. Um, to be fair, nobody's ever getting anywhere in D.C. to begin with, uh, as it is, but now this is probably making it even more difficult. There's so much red tape in that city, I don't know how anything gets done down there, but uh, we're going to talk about that. We've got a pretty packed show here today here and just all kinds of fun stuff and that that uh short little uh lightning round that we had last week don't get used to that because we've got plenty of stuff to go on with this one here as well but in addition we will talk about the preparation for the inauguration with all the military personnel that's there for something that's going to be virtual on top of all this so i don't understand any of this but we will try and see I don't if we can... it's crazy we will see if we can get to the bottom of that. Uh, some of the blowback from the Capitol raid, I don't want to spend a ton of time on that because I will go full Alex Jones on this if I keep going. Just everything else, I've been, I keep seeing more and more come into this every day. And I realize that this was a psyop. And, you know, next thing you know, I'll be ripping my shirt open and selling vitamin supplements <laughs> and talking about the. Frickin' frogs turning gay, so... I was gonna say, leave the poor little frogs alone, okay? They've been through enough. They've been traumatized enough. So we'll talk a little about some of the updates that came with that. Um, Biden has released his stimulus plan, and Wall Street tanked as soon as he did. Coincidence? I think not, but we'll talk a bit about what's happening in there and some of the stuff that's in there. Weirdly enough, what you would think as a historical moment where the first president in history to be impeached twice is impeached twice. Well, we're going to talk about that, but it's going to be on the back half of the show. 
because everything else is happening with that. You would think this would be top news, and any other week this would be top news, but we've got to relegate this one to the back of the show to see uh, what's going on with that. Uh, some international news, including Germany doing things that they haven't done in 80 years as a student of history. I'm sure that you'll recognize some of this as well, so we'll talk a bit about that. And Twitter actually faced some blowback from their... Uh, their loss of Trump, and uh, some other things happened there, as long with the uh, the social media crackdown here, so we'll talk a bit about that. And to end the show, I've got some surprise stupidity. This week, we will be able to laugh at the media, as we always do, but a specific one, because the story itself was stupid enough, but the tweet that they put along to go with that just was the cream on the cake. So we'll talk a bit about what the media has to say that's so stupid. It is going to be all of that and more. Over on the Red and Ed Show, thank you, everybody, who's tuning in over on all of the big five platforms. We are currently on streaming DLive, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. And hey, if you're over on Facebook, why don't you uh, reach out to us over on one of the other platforms there. You can see them linked in the description above you because then you can participate in the live chat. We would love to answer your questions. We do take questions in between topics. My New Year's resolution this year is to get back to the audio platform. So check us out over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go and check us out over there and I will begin adding new content back to that this coming week. So we start to see Contemporary over there and the RedNet Show. Plus, you were just on another show not that long ago, so that will be added to the bonus content as well as soon as that is released. So you can go over there and find stuff that you can't find on any of the main channel. Go and check us out over there. And lastly, come and find us over on the Freedom Scoop Media Group. You can find us over there along with other great shows such as The Generational Gap, The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The R-Rated Conservative, and The Freckles and Brit Show. Come on over there, pick up some of our swag, and help us support great creators, and go check out GunMomFashion.com and go pick up a t-shirt and help our wonderful co-hostess here fund her life as well. <laughs> fund my life. That's hilarious. Fund my <laughs> life. Ah. Oh. What a week. And just on the stuff that I teased there in the beginning, we've still got more stuff to talk about here on top of all of that. Just a couple of things to catch up with on the news. NPR reports that Derek Chauvin, who kneeled on George Floyd's neck, is to stand trial alone. He will be standing trial separately from the other three people involved, according to uh, NPR. A Minnesota judge has ruled that the former Minneapolis police, uh, Minneapolis police officer rather, seen in cell phone video kneeling on St. George's neck for several minutes last summer, will stand trial alone in March. So I guess it's so egregious that he can't be tried along with... I didn't even know that they were going to try all four of them together, to be completely honest. I mean, I would think that they were all being charged with different things, so I don't know why they would combine them. Well, I know he is being charged directly for second-degree homicide, which, once again, I'm going to go out on a limb and say was a massive overcharge, but we will see what happens with that. But the rest of them are being tried as accessories. So, I mean, even trying the three of them together, I could see, but not Chauvin himself. So that is, uh, that is confirmed at this point. Their trial is scheduled to begin on August 23rd. Hmm. So well hmm. over a year later. Wow. Well, I mean, I think because Chauvin is such a polarizing character in this whole, you know, story of criminal justice and George Floyd and all that kind of stuff, police brutality, uh, I think that it's probably better that he's, I, it's probably better for the other men that are being charged that they don't have a trial with him. 
because people have very strong reactions to him because he's seen as like the ringleader of this whole incident. And the other guys are, you know, certainly could be qualified as accessories, but they were not, you know, kind of the main perpetrator. Where do you think that's going to land just on your offhand from the video that you saw? And of course, everything else, because, uh, I mean, you were kind of with us, right? At the, when you were on uh, uh, Ed's World, that was right after all this started to happen. That was actually the week after the St. George riot started. Do you think, do you think the charges stick or do you think that this was a massive overcharge? I don't know. I can't say. I. I thought first degree murder would, would have been an overcharge. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking that they were more likely to, to pick manslaughter, but they didn't. So, I mean, I would hope that they have a good reason for changing it. Um, and that it won't just be one of those, one of those that gets dismissed because it's not the appropriate charge for the crime committed. Which that is my big worry too, because at that point, there may or may not be a Minneapolis after that. However, and somebody has to say it, BLM does only come out in an election year, so. We'll see. We will see. Uh, some good news for those of us in the independent media. I know that I rejoiced when I saw this here. CNN has made the announcement. It is pulling the CNN airport network. And Twitter rejoiced. Uh, reading briefly from Fox News, CNN announced Tuesday that it would pull the plug on its long-running airport network, causing jubilation among many of the network's critics on social media. Uh, Jeff Zucker says his reasoning for doing this is because nobody's flying anymore. Huh. Bye-bye. That's really all I have to say on that one. Bruce Willis made the news this week. Uh, according to Fox News, and this is the second part of the story, but they went back on to the first part of the story, Bruce Willis has admitted to an error in judgment because he was asked to leave a Rite Aid in Los Angeles for not wearing a mask. No. <clears throat> it's a, again, it's a private business. If they had a mask notice posted on the door, you just should wear one, okay? Like, yeah, that's where we're at right now, so... Well, and I guess Bruce is, uh, I mean, he's living up in Idaho for whatever reason he was down in Los Angeles. But, I mean, everybody knows how locked down California is, too. So, I mean, His if kids I was, are probably still in L.A. That's true. I guess if I was Bruce Willis and I had fuck you money, I would not go to California for whatever reason at all. I'm sure the weather is nicer in California than it is in Idaho right now. It's January. But that is true. And the other side of that, though, is, and I said this on Contemporary when I started reading this, don't these people have people to do this for them? Yeah, but some of them get tired of that. Some I, They want to feel normal again, I think. Um, I mean, I lived in Nashville for five years. I definitely had my share of celebrity sightings around town. I saw, I've seen Taylor Swift driving her own car, you know, on the, on the roads. I've seen Luke Bryan running in a park by himself, nobody with him. Um, actually met Eric Church at a horse farm that I worked at because his wife kept her horses there. They didn't come with an entourage. They just came with their boys, their two kids. Um, they still like to have normal lives. Like they like to have some semblance of normalcy in their life. Uh, 
there, there are some, you know, that, that really lean into it. I mean, I can't ever imagine like Courtney Kardashian running to the CVS to get her kids cold medicine or anything like that, but, um, she would have her assistant do it. But, um, I feel like, especially the older generation of Hollywood actors and actresses that, you know, had a normal life before they became actors. I think they definitely still like to do some of their own stuff. Boy, if you keep name dropping like that, I'm going to call you Brit. I'm sorry. <laughs> she Those are like the only ones I have. <laughs> <laughs> nobody can, and I, and I love Brit still, but nobody can name drop like, like Brit can. Oh yeah. I mean, she's, she's in very close proximity to all of those people. So I'm sure, you know, she's got lots of stories. She does. I've heard many of them. Uh, a little bit of an update on the Kenosha case. First off, I do want to apologize to everybody in the live chat here because I wanted to cover the Jacob Blake interview this week, but we just did not have time. There was so much else, other stuff going on with that. And I actually wanted to take some of the video and talk about there's just we couldn't. There was no there was no place for it this week. But on this one here, on the Rittenhouse side of things, uh, prosecutors now are seeking to modify Kyle Rittenhouse's bond agreement after they say he displayed racist signs. This going on to the story we talked about last week where he was cited in a Mount Pleasant bar at the age of 18 with a beer in his hand and a t-shirt that said free as fuck on it. Well, apparently he was doing, you know, the A-OK -okay sign, which, oh, there went YouTube, we're all shut down over there. He was doing the A-OK -okay sign in some picture and, you know, of course... 4chan convinced everybody that's the white power symbol. So between the beer and everything else, now it is uh, the bond uh, amendment says that he is not allowed to consume alcohol, which is usually a standard for somebody who's awaiting pretrial in, uh, in he Wisconsin. He probably didn't think to put it in there because he was under 21. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's where I was going with that too. That's But that is usually standard as somebody who's been in the system before. I know that. And on the other side of that, he is also not to associate with any known white supremacist or terrorist groups such as the Proud Boys. Per the bond agreement, uh, the judge has not made a decision as to whether or not this will be entered into the bond agreement or not. Uh, this is still pending at this point. So, Interesting. Speaking of CNN... I know I talked about them getting cut, and now I'm reading a whole bunch of articles from them there. Deutsche Bank has said they will not do any more business with Trump. Seems like a solid business plan, honestly. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of this here. I know we saw the PGA dropped uh, Trump golf courses last week. I mean, they're private companies. They can do what they want, but the coordination behind that does still bother me because this does feel a lot like the, the unpersoning from 1984. He was cruising along just fine, and he was going to be just fine after this election cycle until the riots happened. And this goes back down to me believing that some of this might be staged to some sort of effect, too. Possibly, but I don't know. I don't think that all of these things would have dropped him had that not happened. That's, that's very fair. But yes, Deutsche Bank is out. Let's see, what else do we have here? An advertisement from the Daily Wire. Hey, they put a movie out, by the way. Did you know that? I did not know that. That um, seems weird. 
it was mixed with about middle reviews. It, I guess it wasn't that bad, but uh, you know, it's the Daily Wire. It wasn't God's Not Dead. I can I can say that, and I'm kind of impressed by that. But um, yeah, that's the advertisement that they gave me on the front page to read about the quarterback from my great state here. Uh, they're not even following their own rules. Packers Aaron Rodgers slams Pelosi and Newsom. Aaron Rodgers got into the news this week because he pointed out the fact that they're locking down California, which is his home state. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he is uh, uh, all pro from UC Berkeley, and he grew up, Ooh. I believe, in uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, he got in the news because he gave $500,000 to the uh, David Portnoy's Barstool Fund, which is great for him. But they asked That's him awesome. what he thought about the uh, lockdowns, and he basically came out and said, well, they're not following their own rules, so why should anybody else follow their rules? Also, now we're seeing all these studies come out that are saying wearing masks and social distancing doesn't do anything. Quarantining doesn't do anything. Weird how that happens. I, strange. It's it, just funny how all of a sudden after the after the election that this in, this brand new information is coming out that libertarians have been saying for like eight months now. Hell, even Republicans have been saying that. and They love their big government as long as their people are in charge. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, he went out there, uh, he slammed off of them, and, uh, you know, I, no, I, no, I'm not going to watch any football this season. We'll reassess this next season. But I got tempted. <laughs> I, that's what I used to do. I used to spend all of Sunday watching all the football games, and I did not watch a single NFL game this year. Besides, it's kind of boring when they don't have the crowd. It kind of sucks. I did see snippets of it. It, it kind of blows. Yeah. Um, a PBS uh, little comeuppance here, and we've got the video to go with this here. So uh, a PBS employee is out after comments on re-education camps for Trump supporters, removal of kids revealed in Project Veritas video. Let's have a listen to see what that sounded like. The first one always throws me off just a little bit. Anyone buy the wings to go out for all the Republican voters and Homeland Security with their children? <laughs> and we'll put them into re education camps. And these times, which are unique. So this person was billed as a mid-level attorney who did not uh, speak for PBS. However, it turns out that he was actually uh, the lead counsel for PBS. He is out at PBS at this point. Um, I know the volume was a little bit funky with that, so if you couldn't hear that, if you're listening back on the audio platform, he said that Homeland Security would come and take the children of Trump supporters away, and uh, Trump supporters would be going to re-education camps. Uh, the attorney, uh, Michael Beller, also insinuated that Trump is close to Hitler, and this was previous to the election, Beller also proclaimed that if Biden hadn't win, they were going to go to the White House and throw Molotovs. Wow. Okay. So it's uh, it's probably a good thing that he is no longer with uh, the public broadcasting system at this point. But uh, that receives lots of public funding. 
Lots and lots of it. And uh, taxpayer funding, too, by the way. Right. But as you always heard at the end of Sesame Street, PBS is funded in part by viewers like you. We are funded by viewers like you, too. We are. Except not on DLive anymore, because I believe I'm demonetized on DLive. Uh-oh. A couple of, I don't know if they just raised the bar <clears throat> for what monetization was on DLive, if you have to be above a certain subscriber count at this point, or if we just got on the naughty list somewhere. But I know the generational gap, uh, you can't make donations over there anymore. Our channel, we can't do donations anymore. So uh, I have not had a chance to look into that, but I will be looking into that after the show and trying to figure out why. I cannot mm. get donations over on DLive anymore. But the PayPal link is in the description, so you can go check that out. Did you see the Kamala Harris controversy? Um, I did. It's pretty minor. I mean, they used a photo on the cover of Vogue with her and her Converse sneakers instead of the photo that was in with her in a suit. So this ah, is the photo. Whatever. This is the photo that we have up on the screen here of uh, Kamala Harris in her Converse sneakers there. However, the it's agreement. Not a bad photo. No, it's not. It's um, it's actually kind of pleasant. I mean, that's that was kind of her shtick throughout the uh, throughout the entire campaign. So I don't understand what she's so upset about with that. But apparently, she was supposed to be using this photo of her in a powder blue pantsuit, which seems a bit more professional. And I don't know, knowing her prosecutorial record, that that photo actually kind of scares the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie. They were supposed to use this one as the cover, and uh, her team got all over them. So this is the scandal that we're going to start to see coming out of the news. The news is going to go to sleep at this point, and we're not going to see uh, the... We're basically, we're basically in for four years of fluff pieces, because that's the only way that the media can ignore the giant, steaming, stinking pile of doo-doo that the policy that this administration is going to put out is going to be. So it's going to be all rainbows and puppies and, oh, look how cute Joe Biden's dog is. And, oh, look at Kamala's beautiful hair or whatever. Like, they will find anything to talk about that is not, oh, this is kind of shit policy. Or they'll shift all of that negativity onto Congress and the Senate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. A lot of people have said, uh, well... What's the media going to do? How, how, how are the media going to cover the financial ruin that's going to come out of the Biden administration? I said, they won't. They're going to say it's Trump's fault until uh, such time that the uh, House of Representatives flips, and then it's going to be Kevin McCarthy's fault. Yes, and it's it's never going to be their fault. Everything is going to be Trump's fault, and they'll never take responsibility for anything. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be just like but, you know, to, to uh, talk about it from the other side, how many times did Trump say it was Obama's fault? A lot. He did. And for like three years, three and a half years, he only stopped blaming Obama when he started campaigning again. So that's why it only lasted for three years. Because suddenly he wanted to start taking credit for things <laughs> instead of just blaming other people. He does like to take credit. Speaking of Kamala Harris... The will she, won't she is finally over. As of today, Harris has resigned her Senate seat. Gavin, she was always going to. She was only holding on to it until they were absolutely positive that Joe Biden was going to be inaugurated. Yeah, I know. But a lot of people are saying, well, 
They don't. They think that they cheated because she hasn't resigned her Senate seat yet. They don't know that they're no. going to be in there. Well, she has resigned as of today. Um, Secretary of State Alex Padilla will be filling the vacancy. That makes sense. Which means that for the first time in, what was it? What did they say? 20 years? There is not a woman senator, or one of the senators is not a woman in California. Hmm. So, she will be back on Wednesday to be the tie-breaking vote and the president pro, pro uh, tempore of the Senate. Macaulay Culkin got in the news this week because he is in support of erasing Trump's cameo in Home Alone 2. <laughs> of all of the things to be concerned about, I don't think that that would be one of them. Well, apparently it was something because the Daily Wire felt the need to uh, write an article about this. Uh, Ryan Parker, I should have put this photo up there too, but uh, Ryan Parker tweeted out uh, some of the various things that they could replace Donald Trump with in this, including Jabba the Hutt, Dolly Parton. Uh... I've got Darth Vader, and I don't recognize who the person is in the bottom left corner. I think it's Bloomberg. But uh, various other people that could be put into that spot other than just leaving that blank, which seems to be what they're going to be doing, just digitally editing out and leaving the area blank. Weird. Makes no sense. Well, they can't, they can't do that because in the movie, his Kevin McAllister looks at Donald Trump and asks him a question. Yeah. Which they or he, appear like, to have... him or something like he can't, like they can't not put someone else there because there's an interaction between the two characters. There is it appears because I listened to the clip and this was just a sample clip where they had digitally edited it out, but they took the audio out to go with that. I think that honestly they'll probably just clip that section out completely. Just kind of, I think there's enough there that they can make a jump cut where it is, if I remember that yeah. movie correctly. And did you see the backlash from uh, Christy Swanson? That one I didn't see. I saw some other backlash for that, but I didn't see the one from Christy Swanson. Yeah, she said that um, if they were going to remove Donald Trump from Home Alone, that she wanted to be removed from the two John Hughes movies that she's in. As a person who's seen more <laughs> movies than I am, you might have to help me out with that one. Uh, let me see. Christy Swanson... Not even 100% sure who Christy Swanson is. She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was pretty sure that that was, that that was one of them. And then there was another one, too. Um, You're probably not going to be shocked at this point, but I've never seen Ferris Bueller. <sighs> what is wrong with you? Oh, she was also in Pretty in Pink, too. Never seen it. I, yeah, figured, but, you know, it's an 80s girl movie, so whatever. Um, she was also known be for being in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie from the early 90s, which was freaking awful, and they should I have just... I seen that movie. It's terrible. They should have just remade it with Sarah Michelle Gellar, because she's she is the one and only Buffy that could ever be Buffy. That could never know. be thought, another Buffy. I thought that movie was funny. Funny in a bad way. Funny, like it's so terrible, it's funny. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Andrew Yang <laughs> is in the news this week because he apparently misidentified what a bodega is. Let's have a look at what that looked like. Oh, 
breakfast, breakfast the champions, some green cheese, a banana. How you doing, bro? A banana, pretty healthy. I've already got a. I'll buy the whole whistle. New York City relies upon its 14,000 bodegas so much. I love bodegas. And we gotta make sure that they continue to stay open and do their thing. So a couple things going on in this video. First off, I want to give credit to Ron Helton from this morning's uh, morning show where Ron pointed out that Andrew Yang is so limp-wristed he couldn't even break a banana off a bunch. As we saw in the video there. But uh, Yang is receiving backlash from this video because what appears to be a regular-sized supermarket was mis apparently misidentified as a bodega. Huh. Which, being a person who doesn't go to New York, I don't really know what the difference is. I mean, I've I understand what the difference is, but... I've been to New York like five times, like New York City, New York. Mm -hmm. Like New York City, New York, but I've been to New York State five or six times, um, and New York City like four. So um, a bodega is like a little corner store, like a 7-Eleven they don't have gas stations or right. there aren't very many gas stations, but they still have those like little corner stores that have snacks and um, they sell heroes, which are sandwiches and um, just other foodstuffs, drinks, things like that beer. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's what, it's what would be like, like I said, a Seven Eleven in the Midwest, except there's no gas station part of most of them. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, it's just a little store where you run and you get, you know, a, you go grab a, a hero for lunch or bag of chips, a drink, whatever. Um, they they also sell lottery tickets and smokes and stuff like that. So, right. um, yeah, so it's basically like a gas station convenience store type of deal. Um, so usually they're very small and they have a very limited selection. And a lot of them specialize in, um, like, some of them carry ethnic cuisine, like from... It de depending on who owns it, like if they're Turkish, they might have, you know, kebabs or something like that there. Um, and if they're Indian, they might sell something else. I, I don't know, just whatever is specific to their culture that they might want to carry in their store. They might make it in the back and sell it there. So that's actually what a bodega is. It's not like a full size grocery store with like produce and dairy and like all these other things like small grocery stores exist, but they are not the same thing as a bodega. Right. And I don't know. Have you you have you ever been up this way before? No, like I've never been up to your area. Okay, I was curious because we have something. I think it's between a grocery store and a bodega. It's called Quick Trip up here. Okay. It's like they'll have the sandwiches and stuff like that, uh, hot food and everything. Um, it, it's a gas station chain, but they're okay. They, they focus more on the food in the corner store. It, it, it's a very, very small grocery store is what it is. And I thought maybe that would be like a bodega. But from what everyone's described for me, a Quick Trip actually might be even bigger than a bodega at this point. Yeah, it might be. Chilaga probably knows over... I see him in the chat over there. He comes up to Wisconsin enough that he probably knows what I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, there's, uh, there's that there. I got just a couple more here and then we will get into the big news. Eric Swalwell is back on the Homeland Security panel after he banged a Chinese spy. Allegedly. <laughs> if you roll your eyes any harder, you're going to lose him. 
No, I just had to throw that letter Kenny quote in there. Oh, I, I saw the eye roll, though. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't hear it. <laughs> I did. Um, yes, Nancy Pelosi has named him back to the Homeland Security Committee. Um, everything's going to be hunky-dory. The media is going to ignore this, and we're just going to keep on going as if nothing happened. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. <laughs> what a shit show. <laughs> hey. Let's put let's put this guy back on the Security Council. And let's put Bernie Sanders in charge of the budget. Oh, wait, that actually happened. <laughs> it has. <laughs> what? Everything is stupid. What is this? Like I said, they're only going the media can only write fluff pieces because if they wrote what was actually going on, they would have to confront their own confirmation bias, and that is not happening. Well, here's some good news for you. Space Force has a has a home. Oh. According to NPR, Space Command headquarters may land in Alabama. So they were looking at a few places. Uh, Cape Canaveral was on the list. Uh, place in Fort Worth was on the list. Albuquerque was on the list. But they have landed in Huntsville, Alabama. Is going that makes to be sense. The home for uh, Space Force. Have you? Okay, you need to get on Netflix and you need to watch the series called Space Force. It's hysterical. Is that the one with Steve Carell? Yes, it's so good. I'll give it a chance. I'm not really big on Steve Carell, but uh, I'll give it a chance. Watch like three episodes. Yeah. They're, they're very, very funny. I watch more series than I watch movies, so that would actually probably uh, that would probably fit with me and my schedule a little bit more. So yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, check that out there. I'm uh, just about done with The Man in the High Castle. So have you ever seen that one? I've watched like two episodes. I wasn't a huge fan. Oh, I enjoyed it very much, especially once it got into the later episodes. So I'm in the last season. I'm finally going to finish that. I have to watch The Mandalorian at some point, and I promised myself that was going to be next after High Castle. I'm I'm halfway through season two of The Mandalorian, and I love it. I'm actually thinking about doing a series on TikTok of like The Mandalorian reaction videos because... I'm late to the party. You're late to the party. Like most people who love the Mandalorian have already watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming into it late. So I think people that have watched it already will find my reactions to it humorous because I, because I'm very animated when I watch it because I, I do love star Wars and um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's great. I like it. It's interesting. I, on, I do have a crush on Pedro Pascal now. <laughs> It's interesting. I've played Mandalorian uh, Monopoly before I've watched The Mandalorian. My nephew got Mandalorian Monopoly for Christmas. And we had a Interesting. Alright, and we do have to end the loading round on a down note here because this was uh, this was kind of sad to hear, but I do, I mean, I look at this and I see hoax everywhere on this here. So, according to The Blaze, someone wrote Trump on the back of a manatee in Florida and the feds are investigating. And I made it all the way through this article when I read it on Contemporary, because this was going to be surprise stupidity this week, because I thought it was going to be body paint, and I made it all the way through the article before I realized, no, they actually carved it into the back of the manatee. They, so actually, I've seen, I've looked at the pictures, and people corrected me, because I posted this on my own page, and I was just like, if you think this is okay, mm -hmm. I would like to take a baseball bat wrapped in rusty barbed wire to your face. Because this is ridiculous. Because they're endangered. Mm -hmm. Also, they're so sweet. They're little sea cows. Well, big sea cows. But they don't mean anybody any harm. They don't do anything. They just float like a large potato. 
So I was very upset that someone thought that they could do this, but people corrected me. And then I looked into it further and found out that it was true. What had actually happened was um, there's a type of algae that grows on the back of a manatee. Mm-hmm. And basically whoever did this, all they did was um, they used something. Now it could have been like a, a plastic scraper. It could have been a towel. It could have been like, it, I don't think they know what they used, but basically what this person did was they, they wiped off the algae off the back of the manatee. So it didn't physically harm the animal, which is a good thing, but how do you get a manatee to hold still for this procedure? You probably have to restrain it somehow, which was probably very stressful for it. Probably. Because like I said, they're just little, they're sea potatoes. How could you? Who does this? I, I couldn't tell you. There is a $50,000 fine that goes along with this. Um, if it is, um, if it is prosecuted, there is a $5,000 reward for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the perpetrator at this point. So we'll see what happens there. All right. We're going to talk about uh, everything that's happening in D.C. Do you want to do that now or do you want to catch yourself with the live chat? Because this is, this is going to be sad. a heavy I'm, one. I'm still sad about the manatee. I know. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the inauguration. Okay. So this week is inauguration day this is going to be a virtual inauguration joe biden has been urging his fans not to come to washington dc to watch the inauguration which is smart but yet mysteriously there has been massive security apparatuses going along all through the mall all through the capitol and the national guard is actually camping out in the capitol building i've got an image to go along with that as well so Let's uh let's just start with the uh the slideshow here to start with. Let's see what do I got here. So this is the oh I gotta get rid of Kamala here. Goodbye Kamala. Get off the screen. All right. So this is this came from uh, Razorfist over on Twitter, who writes inauguration doesn't explain it as Palooka Joe already stated his will be virtual. What the flock of fucks are they bunkering down for? With, of course, the semi-trailer carrying more concrete barricades in, which they've been carrying numerous uh, barricades in at this point. Uh, let's see. We've got the National Guard is... i got to get rid of that one. Camped out in the Capitol here. You can see them sleeping on the floor. Um, barricades out, ready to go. Classic hurry up and wait. <laughs> I've got this one here from in front of the mall. A couple mm-hmm. of treats out uh, out there with a uh, massive fencing going on around. Uh, you can see the Washington Monument in the back, but I mean, yeah, you can see this going along here. This is uh, fairly intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one that I have on this is this one here of. The military truck sitting up in front of the Capitol building itself, with again much more, um, much more fencing around the Capitol. Now, the first thing that I have to point out is, this was suddenly a bad thing when Trump wanted the White House fenced off during the St. George riots in D.C. And mm-hmm. remember, they were mocking him for having all the extra fencing around the White House, and him, at one point, having to go and hide in a bunker, in the middle of a speech. 
So what's your, before we look into any news articles or anything, what's your take on the fact that they're doing this here? And I'll talk a bit about some of the, some, some of my take on this and some of the other backlash I've seen, but what's your take on all of this? I mean, it makes sense to have a virtual inauguration because, I mean, it makes sense for them to decide to do that, not because of the riots, but because that's basically been, that was basically what Biden did to, to a campaign. He did virtual events from his basement. So this is very like consistent with that. And I have seen news stories today about there was a fire underneath a bridge Mm -hmm. and it was kind of behind the Capitol and it was just a homeless person's tent. But, you know, imagine being someone who lives and works in DC and all of a sudden seeing smoke coming out from behind the Capitol building, like that's concerning. Uh, It ended up being nothing, thankfully, but it could have been something. Mm -hmm. And then I saw another article that was saying that there were very large crowds gathering around the Washington Monument and that park police had a hard time dispersing them. So that's a really large area. If you've ever been to the the National Mall and, and walked it, I have several times. Um, I've been to DC twice and I've walked the mall both times. That's a pretty large area. You can fit a lot of people. So from the pictures, now I haven't seen anything aerial, so I don't know exactly how big the crowd was, but um, from the vantage point that the camera was that I saw, from the pictures, there were quite a few people there. So um, it it totally makes sense for him to say, don't come to DC, one, because of COVID, and two, because if they are expecting another riot, then the last thing they would want is for anybody to have an opportunity to blame Democrats for inciting it as a means of, you know, delegitimizing it. Because that just makes them look bad. Right. And, I mean, looking on to the... I don't even know where to begin on this. Because I think back to the fact that uh, the Donald wanted to celebrate the military. What was that, two years ago when he wanted to celebrate the military and have that big parade coming through town? And that was (laughs) the most evil thing. And, I mean, that's the thing that dictators do. Well, I mean, dictators also have their ceremonies with great shows of military force to go along with them, especially if nobody's going to be fucking going there. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like a show. They're just standing guard. I don't think they're like displaying any military equipment or anything like that. Well, they've got it all out there. I don't know. This is this is just bizarre to me. Well, I think everything coming out of this particular upcoming administration and this particular election is bizarre to me to begin with but i mean this this is just bizarre the fact that they need this show of force to come in and defend a duly elected president whose election was completely above board and nothing bad could have happened and he's also simultaneously the most popular president in u.s history by popular vote count yeah i think that's a little crazy far-fetched but uh that's apparently what they're going to be doing from this. Um, I want to just check on a couple things here. The Washington Post has an article that says uh, Secret Service is launching a massive security operation to protect the Biden inauguration. So they seem to think something is going to happen from this. Um, Just briefly here, the Secret Service and federal law enforcement agencies are spending the final days of the uh, Trump administration Bracing for a possible violent assault against the January 20th inauguration, launching a security mobilization that will be unlike any in modern U.S. history. 
On Wednesday, the Secret Service will take command of security preparations at the U.S. Capitol and other federal buildings, backed by as many as 15,000 National Guard troops, thousands of police and tactical officers, and layers of eight-foot steel fencing. So, I mean, they're going all out on this one here. A high alert security posture is starting six days earlier than planned to coordinate roles for the FBI, National Guard, U.S. Marshal Service, and a host of other federal agencies that will fall under Secret Service command. So, Secret Circuit, uh, Service is going to be taking control of everything with this. Mm -hmm. Which I think is their protocol. I don't, I don't think that it ever falls to anyone else on Inauguration Day. It's always Secret Service. So, that's really not that surprising to me. Um, in addition to this, and this is also, this is still from last week, so like you had brought up the fire, that's, uh, that was breaking today, but uh, Bowser has called for more DHS security for Biden's inauguration due to the continued threat of violence. Uh, this is from Axios. Mayor Bowser asked the DHS to extend federal assistance with maintaining uh, security in the city for Joe Biden's inauguration on January 20th, citing the chaos, injury, and death that stemmed from a pro-Trump mob breaching the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. So Bowser's in on this, of course, and uh, she wants to see much, much more military presence coming this, which is odd because she actually kicked the National Guard out during the St. George riots. I'm old enough to remember that because I'm more than six months old. But this one here, this one kind of caught my attention, uh, and I have to credit uh, Joe, the chill anarchist, who is over in the Discord server, and he's over on Twitter. Check him out over there. But uh, he put this article in. I was going to try and independently verify this one with something uh, Green Check verified, but I just I wanted to go with this one specifically because the Army Times writes, after the deadly Capitol riot, Army looking at which troops require security screening ahead of Biden inauguration. So, I mean, it says right here in the article that they're specifically trying to make sure that there are troops there that won't turn inside with the rioters. And I know I read Yeah, it. they are they're vetting they're vetting the National Guard troops that are potentially supporters of Trump, which I have never heard of that happening before. I've never heard of a president saying or or really any government official saying I need to vet the military because I don't want half of them here. That's wild to me. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I don't know, none of this is democratic, free and fair election kind of stuff. No. This is, I mean, I hate to say it, and I hate to use the the buzzword that's going around that I hate to side with mega Twitter on this, but this is the kind of shit that dictators do. Yep. I don't know if we're going to be getting buyers more from this, but the other side of, and this, I mean, this goes on to, the Alex Jones thing, and the reason I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on some of the blowback from the occupation from last week, which was really no occupation at all, but the occupation from last week, is that, you know, you're starting to see calls out on social media as well to go and, hey, come down to the Capitol here and let's protest together. Just, this is totally legit. And everything that's going on at all the state houses here, too. Mm -hmm. There's supposed to be a protest at every single state house uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, all of them are taking very serious security precautions. Now, at the state level, I could see how um, 
they would be very concerned about that because they do not have nearly the resources that the capital does for dealing with this. Does any of this scream fed to you? I know it's kind of a libertarian uh, Twitter buzzword. You know, somebody coming out there carrying the skateboard on his back and say, hey, fellow Trump supporters, come and support me at the at the Capitol City riot at your local state. I will totally be there. Yeah, a little bit. You got to know who you're going with. And you who you're only going... go with people who have your back. And who you're going for, too. I've cited Stick, uh, Sticks a lot on this ch- uh, channel, but uh, I know that he's come out and said that make sure that if somebody's going to hand you a Molotov and something like this, that they're actually going to be out there with you, not just handing you out there and sending you up there. Right. Yeah. Cause it does kind of sound like a setup. Well, like get everybody really riled up, get them all really angry and then get them all together in front of a state house. And suddenly you have another, you know, Capitol building takeover, except it's in a, it's at the state level instead of federal. Which I mean, that's, I mean, that's happened before too. I know I've, cited a lot the the act 10 riots that happened in 2011 here in wisconsin have you read anything about those at all or no i haven't when scott walker passed uh, act 10 which limited the collective bargaining rights of uh, public unions the teachers union and several of the other public unions and several other union workers in general went and occupied the state capitol in madison for four days i believe causing millions of dollars in damage in the process So, I mean, it's it's not unprecedented for something like this to happen, nor was it unprecedented for people to go and storm and take the capital off of this. But once again, this does seem like people are drawing people out so they can either get arrested and not be able to vote the next time through. I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about the domestic terror charges that are coming out of the, uh, the capital riots from two weeks ago. Or, and God forbid that this happened here, people are going to get killed. Yeah, there are, um, there have been some, I have heard some concerning things in the works. There have been FBI memos. There have been, I've heard things from friends that work in industries like healthcare and tech um, that I won't share on air because I don't want to compromise anyone, but um, it could get really nasty. No, and I mean, that's completely understandable. Um I'll tell you off, Mike, but uh, I know that there's uh, there's something that's going out specifically with a friend of mine that I know you you know of, but you don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you a little bit about that off, Mike. But uh, yeah, because I know there's some other things going on with that. But it's this is scary, both what happened before and what's happening now. And I don't I don't like the direction any of this is going. And the people who are sycophantic to the Democratic Party are calling for more and more of this. The people who used to be called liberals are becoming very, very authoritarian all of a sudden. I you, know we, the, the, the middle is starting to become uninhabitable because there are people on both sides that are far left, far right, that are no longer interested in hearing that you're a moderate. They either want you with them or against them. They do not want anybody in a gray area. Because if you're in a gray area, it means that you could betray them or um, 
that you wouldn't support their cause or, or whatever. But the middle is getting very, very lonely mm-hmm. in American politics. It's very hard to be to be in that section. And if you if you know the history behind how we became so partisan now, it's it's sad. It's really sad. I mean, for the last hundred years when the you know, at the turn of the century, there was tons of bipartisan legislation that went through Congress and they worked together all of the time mm-hmm. because they I believe they truly had the nation's best interests at heart, even if they may have been misguided in some way. <clears throat> Woodrow Wilson. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to throw that in there. But um, but over time, you, I mean, it, graphically, I've, I've seen it represented graphically, and it is, it is wild. It just by the time you get to the '60s, everybody that's clustered in the middle starts to just go to their respective sides of the aisle and they never converge again. There's only, there's only ever a sprinkling right in the middle. And we just lost two good Congress people, Congress critters, as I like to call them, Amash and Tulsi Gabbard, who were willing to work with people who were not from their party to get things done that were, that were actually good pieces of legislation co-sponsored things for each other they had each other's back on those pieces of legislation and they were pretty fair about it and i i don't know if i don't know if there are any others like that in the this kind of freshman crop of congress people that are that are being sworn in we'll just have to see i don't i don't really think they are now you brought up the middle and how lonely the middle is starting to become in this but because of your actual affiliation and participation in the Libertarian Party proper, where does the third party fit in on this? Where, how lonely is that situation? I feel like the left and right are becoming more and more actively um, angry at the third party for throwing the election even though for the entire election cycle all we heard was this is wasted you can't waste you're wasting your vote to be be completely Um, fair i want to push back on that just a little bit uh shane hazel openly bragged about the fact that he threw the election right but that's in response to people who tell us all throughout the election cycle that, oh, this is a throwaway vote. It won't mean anything. You're not going to get enough to, to do any damage. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're just wasting your vote. Well, then when they find out that the libertarian candidate covers the spread and that they did actually affect the election, we love to point that out to them because you can't have it both ways. Either the vote doesn't count or it's enough to throw the election. So who's really the most important party here? And maybe you should start being nicer to us because if we can throw your elections, that puts you in danger, which also paints a bigger target on our backs Mm. every election cycle, which means they're going to, instead of doing media blackout on libertarian candidates, they're going to get nasty. And that is a game that libertarians are not used to playing. I mean, we're used to playing with each other. Sure. We argue among themselves all of the time, but to have like the GOP machine come down on a libertarian candidate at the state level 
you know, not not federally, not like they came down on like Ron Paul when he ran for president. But I mean, to have the GOP machine in Arizona or Texas come down on a candidate and wreck their campaign, like just royally screw it. That is something that we have never dealt with that I know of. Well, that's fair. Um, I was going to ask you something else about uh, this and uh, the LP's take on what's going on with the Capitol. What is, I mean, what what's the writing on the wall that you've seen from the from the more LP side of people? I know, like, I've seen statements from, you know, people like Clint from the Liberty Lockdown podcast, who has been very, very vocal against this. But as far as party members and people like that, where do you where do you see their direction? going as far as what's going on in Washington right now? I think we're going to see a surge in membership because I have seen state chairs, um, friends of mine that are state chairs for the Libertarian Party, reaching out to other local affiliates of the other two parties. And especially from the GOP, they are hemorrhaging local members. You tweeted something about that the other day, didn't you? They are walking away at a record pace. And... A lot of people still think, and Republicans are guilty of this too, um, there are a lot of Republicans that feel that um, they're kind of sort of libertarian. And so it would make sense for them to join us rather than join the independent party, or they definitely wouldn't join the Democratic Party. And the Constitution Party only has ballot access in like 13 states. So I, I don't see that being viable in the future, they might see some membership um, among evangelicals. Um, but uh, for people who are who are truly moderate or more libertarian, they're not likely to go with the Constitution Party because they're a little bit more pro, mm, pro-mixing church and state mm-hmm. than they should be for a Constitution Party. Well, and I, I do want to push back a little bit again on this. I know we've got to We've got to take a chat break at some point here, but I want to I want to push back on just that and play devil's advocate for you. I think you're right, personally, but I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate for you because of the the religious fervor that follows current President Trump right now. Mm-hmm. And that is the fact that I don't know that a lot of the people who are hemorrhaging out of the GOP right now would necessarily go to LP proper as it's currently stacked, but are more... Mm-hmm. Uh, more apt to join a patriot party because I know the talk has been, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own political party. It's gonna be the patriot party. It's gonna be well. They are they're hemorrhaging members for different reasons. There there are people that are walking away from the GOP because they see it as unprincipled, which um, it is, right. And then there are also people walking away that they're they're mad that the the GOP establishment politicians at the federal level didn't make more of a stand in favor of Trump. So there's like there's two different kinds of Republicans leaving the Republican Party and only one of them is probably likely to join the LP. And that is the people that are leaving the Republican Party because they see it as unprincipled and, you know, straying too far from their from the original intention of the party and from the original intention of the Constitution. Those are the people that will most likely if they are going to join another political party, if they're not just totally turned off by politics completely. And I think that that's another kind of subgroup as well. Um, those people are the ones who are likely to join the LP. The other people that are leaving because they're mad that the establishment didn't force 
the issue of Trump, you know, winning the election, um, then those are the people that are going to join a Patriot Party. Mm-hmm. All right, we are an hour in. And we've, okay, we've set our. You're going to have to do. You're going to have to do a chat break because I had to restart, um, restream or the the chat. Okay. So I don't see any of the history now. All right, I will do that. But uh, yeah, we we got to pay attention to these guys here because uh, we've got everything. So much to cover. Yeah. Who is signed in as me? Somebody. I am. Is that was that you that uh, just it only went to Periscope? Must have been. Yeah, apparently. I don't know how. Oh, let me close it completely again. I don't know why it's not working. Okay. Um. Anyway, let's uh catch back up here we've got nephilim ninja of nibiru here is saying in uh ron helton is here with the aoc sticker wyatt from the breakdown with birkenhoff is here go and check him out over there new name in here cg yajus if a store makes me wear a mask i just leave and make a note never to shop there again most small businesses in g-town don't give a shit well i don't know where g-town is but uh good on you and i tend to do the same um the big corporate grocery stores are the only places in Rock County that really push the issue. Mm-hmm. So I go there as little as I can, but you know, sometimes you do need to go there for one or two things and you know, I'll just throw on the old, uh, do I have it over here? No, it's over there. The old uh, Gaston flag mask that uh, definitely makes people happy. Go in there, get what I need and get out of there. But for the most part, yes, I do like to go to businesses that don't make the requirement. Uh, thank you, CG, for that. Um, Ron says, yep, eventually we'll run out of stores. If everyone does that, the stores will go out of business. I have yet uh, to have one ask me to leave. Um, Wyatt says the whole Kyle case is going to cause some major riots in a couple months. Chilaga1984 is here. Um, Wyatt says the PBS guy clip is just supporting more what the right well far along has been saying. I don't know kind of what you were saying that. Uh, let's see. Somebody was talking about Dr. Christy Swanson. Uh, Wyatt says they'll just edit in Obama instead of Trump for Home Alone. <laughs> um, Ron is, I guess, checking out Trovo to see what's allowed on the platform. I don't know what Trovo is, but uh, Chilaga loves heroes. Yeah, I haven't had a good hero in a while because they, they called it that too when I lived in Boston. And they had little sandwich shops like dotted everywhere in town. I miss that. You could get a little personal pizza or a sandwich in just this little place that guy usually barely spoke English that ran it. Um, let's see. Ron says, yes, gyros are one of my favorites. The pizza place in the next town over has great pizza salad and gyros and pasta. That's one of the things I miss about living in Kenosha is there is not a good gyro to be found anywhere in Rock County. And they were every third place in Kenosha. I might have to go make a trip down there at some point. Uh, let's see. Love the Tuskegee experimental sauce. Uh, Nailbender and Matthew Hammond are both here. Welcome on in, guys. Uh, looks like you are very passionate about sea potatoes. <laughs> I see cows. Um, Ron says, Fortress DC, bunkers, machine gun nests, mortar emplacements, constant flyovers. Yep, the Empire Strikes Back. That's been a good way to put this. Uh, Looks like I've got the hairy-chested libertarian in here. Uh, Just to let you know, Paul, 
Everyone else can see your chat, but you can't see everybody else's on from Periscope. Oh. I have not figured out how to get the Periscope uh, or the Restream robot to work with Periscope. So they can see you, but you can't see them. But yes, people are answering to you. But thanks for coming and checking out the show. Um, Matthew Hammond says, I find it interesting that Biden is not interested in putting a wall on the border, yet he will encourage walls around D.C. That's a, that's a good point with that. Shilaga says they should fight with narwhal tusks. You remember that from uh, the, the London Bridge incident? Yes, I do. Um, the Harry Chested Libertarian says, how much does this cost? That's probably... Uh, what's going on? I think on? he's referring to um, how much do the, does the troop deployment to D.C. cost? Probably more than all of Trump's golf trips with the Secret Service combined. Mm, I don't know about that. That's probably pretty close. They might actually cost the same. Um, I'm going to consult Twitter. Why does the Democrat response to the election make it seem like they do not believe they won legitimately? Um, Ron says, this is what banana republics do. I don't see any protests happening at the Capitol in Oklahoma city. 70% of the state went to Trump. Probably more. Tulsa is a blue district. Chilaga asks, would you call it a mob that occupied the state Capitol in Wisconsin, uh, for four days? Yes, I would. But I would also call it a mob that occupied the Capitol in Washington, DC two weeks ago. Both are, both were mobs. Ron is not a fan of Tulsi Gabbard, uh, says Tulsi is a commie, don't trust her. Which she's not at all. Mm. She's commie adjacent, I think. You could probably make that argument about literally every single person in the Democratic Party. And half the establishment Republicans. Yeah. The Republican Party is definitely not innocent in that either. Uh, Ron says, I'm still not sure about Rand. He seems to be becoming more and more part of the good old boy club. I guess it's because he'll never be his dad. I subscribe to his channel and watch his videos as well. I didn't even know he had a channel. I do not. Uh, Matthew Hammond has got, I think, one of the good solutions I have here. Libertarians need to run in Republican primaries against candidates that voted in favor of impeachment. And every other Republican candidate, I would argue. Just primary them all. Uh, Thomas Massey is great. I doubt if he has any desire to run for Prez, maybe a VP for Rand. Maybe. I would just be happy if Rand replaced McConnell and then Massey took Rand's junior senator seat. That would make me very happy. Um, Chilaga says, did people exclude the Dems after they boned Bernie? Oh, leave the Dems. Tried to type um, Exodus is what he tried to say. I think no. that there were some that did. Yeah, I mean, the first time, a lot of the Bernie bros voted for Trump just because they didn't think that he stood a chance to win and thought they would take votes away from Hillary. All right, we're almost caught up here. Ron says, I'm leaning Tea Party myself. We can no longer sit patiently on the sidelines and expect this evil to go away alone. Uh, Matthew Hammond says, establishment Republicans screwed themselves. I would vote Libertarian if they threw out their open border policy. We won't because it's not economically sound to have a closed border. Sorry. Um, Nail Bender says Twitter is killing Periscope soon. It won't matter in a few weeks. It's in the guard, not nearly as much as active duty would. Or I'm sorry, it's the guard, so it's not nearly as much as active duty would. 
Um, and Nail Bender will get the last word, and then we will circle back. Um, Nail Bender says, I would vote for all the primary libs if they ran against Republicans that voted in favor of impeachment. Probably libertarians, not liberals. Yeah. Um, someone's a little obsessed with Trump, if that's your only goal, honestly. A lot of people are obsessed with Trump. Unfortunately. All right. We will circle back for more of this here. Uh, we got to talk a bit about some of the blowback that came from uh, from the Capitol storming here. And I don't, like, I listened to the uh, Beauty and the Beta last night, and they took a long time on this. I can't do that because I will go full Alex Jones if I spend too much time on this because there's just so much that goes along with this that doesn't add up. But uh, some of the bad things that are coming off of this here, just to start with uh, CNN Politics, says at least 25 domestic terrorism cases have been opened after the U.S. Capitol breach. Congressman says Army Secretary told him. What did you think was going to happen? They're living, they're not living in reality. The thing that gets me is that there are people that are surprised by this. Which I understand because they saw everybody on the left go out and riot with absolutely no repercussions whatsoever. But that's not what the establishment does at this point. Because the establishment wants there to be peace and you broke into the church of the establishment on top of this. And there were legitimately people on Twitter that were saying that. What's that? The establishment was going to tolerate the riots over the summer as long as they were not in D.C. And the ones that were in D.C. were met with equal force to repel them. Oh, that was just Evil Orange Man, though, remember? Right. But this this time it was... It was in favor of the guy who was in the White House, so they couldn't do they couldn't handle it in the exact same way, um, because they obviously don't want to anger those voters and those supporters of the president. So I feel like they made concessions for them. I mean, they literally just let them walk into the Senate chamber. Right. Yeah, I mean, we watched, watched that video that last week. Yeah, watch the video of the cop walks up to the guy who's sitting on the ground and it has blood all over his face and is like, sir, do you need medical attention? If that was a BLM protester, he probably would have shot him. I don't like, know if you, you, I don't know if you go that far, but I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, it would have been a vastly different reaction. Vastly different. Can you? Could you imagine... What would have happened if BLM protesters had breached the Capitol building? Yes, the media would be uh, praising their bravery, and uh, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would walk out with open arms and say, "What can I do for you?" But think about the police response to it. I think what the police would have been called down. That's the thing. No, they wouldn't have. You don't think they would have been? They would have been sent in full force. I don't know they about that. They would have treated that as a legitimate terrorist attack. That's what they would have done. See, I don't know about that because I know what the media did with the BLM riots throughout everything, throughout the summer. I mean, the first person that pushed back against uh, BLM rioters was rolling on the ground trying to defend him- himself. I just think it would have been different, honestly. 
I think I do. I think it would have been two, but I think you and I are far in disagreement as to what the difference would have been. I don't think it would have been way more violent. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the Congress people would have been hiding in bunkers for that. I think they would have come out and said, "What can we do for you? How can we serve you?" Yeah, I don't know. Given how rowdy those protesters were with, because they ended up in riots instead of just peaceful protests, mm -hmm. um, they would have had to evacuate. They would have been mostly peaceful riots, though. Mostly peaceful. Complete with fire. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Well, and that's... There is something that goes along with this, though, that I do want to point out as well. I mean, do you remember over the summer when people were going to... Because they were planning the riots right on regular social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere else. What were they always saying? Don't take your cell phone with you, or if you do, turn the GPS tracker off on it. And of course... You can't really truly turn a GPS tracker off on a cell phone. Well, you can take the antenna out. That requires a little bit more knowledge than most people have. I took the antenna out of mine. If I need to use Again, a GPS, I take my tablet. Again, that requires a little bit more knowledge than most people have. But yes, that's, I mean, that's what they were, the, the people who organized the BLM riots were prepared because they knew that there was the possibility that there was going to be domestic terrorism charges. And now, of course, everybody goes in the Capitol. Their GPS tells everybody that they're in the Capitol. Not to mention the fact that they're all taking selfies on top of all of this, like fucking morons. If you want to subvert the democratic will of the people, don't take a picture of yourself smiling when you fucking do it, you fuck stick. So, I mean, there's that. But yeah, once again, what did you what did you think was going to happen? You you broke into the left's church. And the right. And the the right, right loves big government just as much as the left. Yeah, but the right doesn't have the uh, mainstream media on their side either. So yes, they are uh, they're facing down some domestic uh, terrorism charges to go along with this, as they probably should at this point. And also, a lot of them just coincidentally weren't wearing masks because masks are bad. How masks did you think facial how how did you think facial recognition technology works? If you wear a mask, you don't get recognized. Brilliant. Like, I want to hear that I really want to get your take on, because uh, I'm sure that this would be right up your alley if you were a congresswoman. Let's talk a bit about the metal detectors and uh, Representative Lauren Boebert. So, basing down, after everything that came along with this, uh, the Capitol building has installed metal detectors that all congresspeople are required to go through. However, GOP congresspeople are either just walking through, even if they set the thing off, or walking around the thing including they're being led by one, Lauren Boebert of Colorado. Gun Mom, tell us what you think about this. Oh boy. So I can't hold this against her because she's brand spanking new, but there was another Congresswoman and, and she wasn't in Congress either when 9-11 happened. She was elected in 2018, Debbie Lesko from Arizona. But she was just like, <gasps> We feel like a common criminal now. And I posted a tweet and I was just like, if you think that you feel like a criminal now, because you have to walk through all this stuff, but you've been in Congress long enough to have voted to create the 
to pass the Patriot Act, to create the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA, sit your butt down because you have no legs to stand on. So I can't hold that against Lauren or the other Congresswoman, Debbie Lesko. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my take on it is especially for the ones who have been there for a while since 9-11 that voted for that crap. It is classic security theater. It is now time for you to reap what you sow. Well, I mean, to go along with this too, I mean, I've read articles. I mean, some of these people are playing for theater, of course, but uh, the the Congress people are sitting down in their office now and saying, oh, well, these far-right Congress people, they're going to kill us. Why do you think they're sidestepping? They want to kill us. Um, I literally just saw a news headline the other day that said Democrats are afraid other Democrats are trying to kill them. What? I mean, I kind of believe it, but like, whatever. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But honestly, and this is the hardest part for me. Now, Nancy Pelosi is going to come forward with a $5,000 fine per instance. Well, no, it's $5,000 per first offense and $10,000 per second offense. That comes directly out of their congressional paycheck, which means no trial by jury, no nothing like that for people who bypass the metal detectors, in spite of the fact that she They'll just- never enforce it. They will never enforce it, never. It's just feel good propaganda for the party. That's it. Well, they will never actually, they will never actually charge those congressmen that fine. And if the congressmen do, they'll find a way to get a kickback that covers the cost. They do find kickbacks quite regularly, don't they? They just gave themselves like what a sixty thousand dollar a year raise. Come on. There's exactly. that money printer going again. Um, uh -huh. Now with that, we're I was going to go somewhere else with that. Oh yeah, we just talked last week about the fact, and this came from Lauren Boebert herself too, because she was in the news because of this. Where they just did just Nancy Pelosi just passed the rules that said it was okay. With pressure from the anti-gun caucus of the Democrat Party, she just passed the rules that said it was okay for congresspeople to carry weapons into the con congressional building. Now, thank you. They cannot so why carry it, it into the chamber. To go through a metal detector, then they cannot go into the chamber with it, but they can carry uh, and keep their weapon in their office. What good is that going to do you? I mean. DC has a very strict gun laws. So let's say that, I don't know, Rand Paul was carrying the day of the baseball um, diamond shooting, mm -hmm. but he had to leave it in his car. How much would that have helped him when someone opened fire on him? Zero. I don't know. I'm it's not sure. Same, it's, it's the same, it's the same concept that we talk about when we talk about gun-free zones, where if you are a victim of a shooting in a restaurant or a movie theater or some other zone that's been said, you know, gun-free zone, or or even the phrase that we like to say, you know, when seconds matter, police are minutes away. Mm -hmm. Same thing. The Capitol Police just got overrun and the Senate chamber got taken over by protesters, even if it wasn't for very long and they didn't really do... I mean, they did some cosmetic damage, but they didn't like light it on fire and burn the whole thing down or anything like that. Um, but if, you know, under under different circumstances, 
if Congress people had not been able to get out of the chamber, what good would what good was having a gun in their office? Because their offices got breached as well. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a gun safe in your office, now someone you don't know who's a part of a, a protest or a riot or, you know, whether you agree with them or not, doesn't really matter. But now they've got a hold of your gun with a serial number that's registered to you as a congressman. That's not good either. No, that's not. That is the other side of this here. So I have a feeling the rule change is going to be coming down off of this as well, because now that they now that they're coming out here and grandstanding for this. But uh, yeah, at this point, the fines still stand and uh, everybody has to go through the metal detectors, which means that Lauren Boebert no longer can carry her uh, firearm into the Capitol building. Now, with all of this that happened this week, uh, one Honorable Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, D-Twitch, decided that she wanted to talk about the Confederacy for this. And she has been talking all along about liberating the southern states from Republican control and everything else on this. But uh, she, I guess, got very offended by the fact that the Confederate flag made it into the Capitol building here. Let's listen to what that sounded like. The Confederate for our nation's capital, they flew the Confederate flag inside our nation's capital. Let me break down the historical significance of that for you. The, this happened. They flew the Confederate flag for the first time in American history in the U.S. Capitol. It didn't even make it in during the Civil War. And there were members cheering them on. Don't get it twisted. Don't let them act like they didn't. There were members who were supportive. You had a member of Congress from Colorado saying, my people are outside. They flew the Confederate flag when it didn't even make it in during the Civil War. And they said, those are my people. So let me tell you something. Let me share this with every member of Congress who voted to overturn the results of our free and fair, again, a generous assessment election, to vote to overturn the results of our election. If you so much, if any member of Congress so much as stutters to say that the Confederacy were traitors to the United States, that the Confederacy is a legion of white supremacists. If you so much as stutter to say that, turn in your pin and get out. Go join them. Why don't you go join them if you are so sympathetic to them? But you have no place. Where do you want to start? One, I get annoyed with how often she repeats herself. But two, she is correct. There is a very considerable historical significance to this occurring. Now, all of, as far as all the other things that she's ascribing to the situation, I don't agree with most of it. But, um, but she is right on that fact. That's... Um, I can see how that would be upsetting for some people. 
I understand that, but there, I mean, there's the freedom of speech aspect to it to me. I, I didn't know that this was the first time. I really didn't. I didn't either. But yeah, I, I can totally understand how one that that would, that that would upset people. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's actually kind of incredible that that's the first time that the Confederate flag has ever been in the, in the U S Capitol, except it makes total sense. Um, I didn't put those two things together until she said that. So there is some significance to this. Um, I wanted to point uh, one other thing before we get on to, we got to talk impeachment here, but one of the things that came up of this, and this has got me down the Alex Jones rabbit hole of this. Meanwhile, by the way, Alex Jones this week, and I didn't get the video into this once again because we didn't have the time to do this. But Alex Jones was on his show this past week and called out a Q supporter very loudly because he couldn't stand the conspiracy theory of Q from Alex Jones. I think that people... I think that people are starting to wake up to the fact that that is potentially the most effective psyop that the government has ever accomplished in the history of this country. Oh, QAnon? Mm -hmm. But uh, going back on to what uh, we saw coming out uh, this past week, House Democrats have called for an investigation into suspicious Capitol tours the day before the riot. So apparently there were a few uh, tours that were going on that were unscheduled for various people off of this here. I don't buy a word of this here, but once again, if this is actually happening, then I I can't see the validity of this. I I think that this was this was all staged at some point. Uh the coalition led by Mike uh Representative uh Mikey Sherrill, I think is how Mickey, I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh from New Jersey sent a letter to acting House Surgeon at Arms Timothy Bodgett. Acting Senate Sergeant-at-Arms Jennifer Hemingway and Acting Capitol Police Chief Yoganda Pittman requesting an immediate investigation into the suspicious behavior and access given to visitors to the Capitol complex on Tuesday, January 5th, the day before the attacks on the Capitol. Which, once again, I didn't know that any of this was happening. Uh, especially in Kamikouf land. I mean, I know they're not doing tours right now. So, if there was a tour, then there may be some sort of ulterior motive going along with this. Yeah, I don't know. Cannot confirm whether or not there was a tour, but if there was, then uh, I know the letter called them reconnaissance tours of the Capitol before they left, which left five people dead and the building damaged and poo smeared all over the place. So, I don't know. There's... There's so much more going on here. I don't buy a word of anything that the news has said about this, and I don't buy a word that the Congress has said about any of this at this point, because it's there are too many coincidences, coincidences that went along with this. Would you call it a fair assessment? Um, I think so. All right. Let's uh, take a brief break from uh, what's going on in the Trump side of the government. Let's talk just a little bit about this uh, stimulus that Biden has decided he's going to pull out from this. So it looks like if the stimulus passes, it's gonna be the $14 checks are coming. We knew that was gonna happen. Uh, there is going to be a large amount of money going into state bailouts. Um, when this first came out, 
A lot of people said that this was going to be a bailout for the blue states that mishandled the pandemic and their own finances throughout this. Uh, according to Yahoo News, they're going to be updating the unemployment benefits to $400 per week from the federal government instead of $300 per week. The eviction moratorium continues to go along until September, which that is a big problem in and of itself right now, especially given the fact that these people are under contract and now will be under an eviction moratorium for most of the time longer than their leases at that point. Um, a refund to the Paycheck Protection Program. That's from CNET. What does Yahoo News say? There was another one here that I wanted to get to, and I can't find it right off bat here. Okay, I don't see it in here right off the bat here, but uh, just from what I've laid out for you, what uh, what do you see from this before I kind of tell you what the markets do? Because I read the markets every morning. Debt. <laughs> Massive amounts of debt. I mean, at least there's no corporate welfare included in this one. That makes it a cleaner bill than what was passed before. You don't think there's going to be corporate welfare in this? I mean, was there anything that you saw in there that indicated there would be corporate welfare? No, but I also don't trust CNET to give me an objective uh, point of view on this either. So I'm sure that there is large amounts of corporate welfare for this. Yeah, I mean, there there might be, and that's, you know, but but it might be, I don't know. I'd have to see it. I'd have, I'd have to see it, like, line itemed out to know. But it sounds like, from what you read, unless you were only reading, like, highlights or something, that... Um, that there really isn't any corporate welfare in it, which is good. But for 1.9 trillion, there's got to be something in there that costs a lot of money. And I don't think it's just the Paycheck Protection Act or the Paycheck Protection Plan. No, it's not that. Um, I know that, like I say, a lot of this is going to be going to state and local governments. But it does seem, and some of the some of the investors have looked into this a little bit deeper than I have at this point, and pointed out the fact that a lot of this is going to be going specifically to places like New York and California, which, you know, I titled one of my, uh, what was it, the Friday morning show, I titled uh, Bailing Out the Blue States, because mm -hmm. that does seem to be what most people have agreed on, that this is what's going to be. Now, it's interesting to look at this, too, because I didn't put anything into the show notes until today, as mm -hmm. far as the, the stimulus that came along with this, and... When I went to look for articles to go with this while I was doing while I was finishing up show notes today, I just got a wall of here's what you're going to do with your $1400 check. Hey, when are you going to get your $1400 check because that seems to be all the mainstream news is focusing on off of that. Right. Which doesn't surprise me. I don't think it surprises you at this point. No, because I think that's the question that most people are going to be asking, where's my money? Yeah. The markets, however, had a they want to worry about the other stuff later, but they want to know when they're getting their money right now. The markets had a very dour tone to this. Even some of the big chip stocks and the big tech stocks that would be benefiting from all of this, they were not happy about this. Most of your markets fell, mostly attributing to the fact that with this uh, level of inflation and money printing to go along with this, means that interest rates are going to go higher, corporate taxes are going to go higher, which means that corporations are going to hire fewer people, and this also given to the fact that this is from 
uh, holdover from the administration that gave us the TPP. So Wall Street doesn't like this. No, I know. Why I know to your average leftist, that means, well, Wall Street's are criminals anyway. So is Congress. So is Congress. But, yeah, I mean, this is debt central. Now, the big question of this, of course, does the GOP give a fuck about the debt now? Of course they do. <laughs> I cared about the debt before it was cool. What do you think about the eviction moratorium? Because I, I pointed that out right away because that's interesting to me. Now, I'm pretty, I'm kind of torn um, because especially in states where they have um, a high cost of living, I mean, a $600 check when your rent is $1,200, that's not going to do shit for you. Most landlords will not accept partial payments. So that would never have helped anyone. Um, I mean, even when I lived in Tennessee, my rent was more than that. And I lived in a very modest, you know, way. And it's definitely not one of the most expensive states in the country either. So um, that wouldn't have covered my rent. Like, would have gotten me most of the way there. But it. so I, I see it from that perspective. And again, my perspective on this the whole time has been that once the government decided either state or federal, decided that they were going to put a lockdown in place and not allow you to go to work, it then became their responsibility to provide for you, period. Because it was no longer your choice whether or not you could work. Mm-hmm. So, the, and and people are saying, oh, well, whatever, just open the economy then. That doesn't, co- that doesn't cover anybody's back pay. Nobody's getting back pay if you open the economy. That doesn't change that you haven't been able to pay your rent for six months or four months or two months or whatever it might be, or your mortgage for that long. You're not getting back pay, not from your employer. Why? We wouldn't give it to you. You didn't work the hours. And you didn't work them because the government told you you couldn't. The government told them they couldn't be open. So not only were they not making money that they could have used to help their employees, but the government just took over. So... Once that decision was made, there was really there there weren't really any good options after this had gone on for more than a couple of weeks. Um, if we had done a two week lockdown and that would have been it, I would have been totally against a moratorium on eviction because it's two weeks. You should have had money saved, mm-hmm. um, or you could apply for assistance in, in some way, assistance that already exists. But. Um, but that's not going to cut it at this point. You know, we we're we're what nine months into this, nearly ten months into this. I think we're over ten at this point. It started in early March. Yeah, and it's early January. We're in tenth month. Yeah. So if you haven't been able to work for six months, or have only been able to work significantly reduced hours, mm-hmm. then you're not getting back pay. Period. So that that option's off the table. Well, and plus, I mean, you're under contract for that money, too, so you're going to have to come up with 10-plus mm-hmm. months. And if this goes on now until September, what happens after that? Because you, you've you gone past, most of your leases are a year, so you've gone past your lease. Do, do you sign it? I don't understand what happens with the lease. That's the thing that confuses me the most because, I mean, if I wasn't getting paid for six 
nine, ten months. And my tenant came back and said, well, it's time to sign the lease again. Give me the lease. I'm sorry. I would tell my tenant to fuck himself. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I'm sorry. I need to. But then you also have. So then you get caught in the trap as a landlord of this tenant. I know will eventually likely get their money from the government or at least most of it, which Mm -hmm. I can then ask for them to pay me what they owe me. But if I kick them out and break the contract, then I'm stuck chasing them through court proceedings to get the money back. And my apartment sits vacant because there may not be another tenant to fill it Mm -hmm. that will pay. So then you run into that too. It's like, do you let them continue accumulating a bill and collect it later? Or do you chase them through claims court or whatever at a later time, which is going to cost you more money and, and your apartment potentially sits open, not generating any income for you. Yeah, that's. So it's a, it's a lose, it's a lose, lose situation for everybody, for the landlords and the tenants. Yeah, this is, I mean, I see the market, uh, the housing market crashing, which I mean, To Very me, hard. what I mean, you remember what we saw in two thousand nine, though, when the housing yes. market crashed, and suddenly that was the year of the the grocery store owner owning a house. Because mm-hmm. the people who were deemed the essential workers, the people who worked in the grocery store, once the housing market crashed, the prices came down. They were the, you know, they still had the jobs; they could go out and buy and the honestly, houses. And honestly, that might actually work to the favor of millennials, who so far have not been able to afford property. Because it's it's just inflated so much. I mean, there's there's our, a reason. Our, gener- our generation, if if the housing cr- crashes again and enough of us are essential workers or we are remote workers because we're tech savvy, if we still have income because we can work jobs like that, we might finally be able to buy a house, which so far many of the people that I went to school with have not been able to do. There's a reason that I chose to go pursue a real estate license. Because I think I can go make a little bit of bank off of this here. Probably. I mean, you could probably flip houses, too. I'm planning on it. <laughs> All right. So we got to talk just a little bit about what would have normally been the top story in probably three quarters of the show if this had been any other news cycle in the world. <laughs> Donald Trump has become the first president in history, the first person in history to be impeached twice. Uh, The House passed largely on party lines, with the exception of 10 defectors from uh, the Republican Party, who were subsequently doxxed almost immediately because, you know, I guess that's what people do now. Um, I believe it was 232 to 191 was the total. And now, yes, he is impeached again. Mitch McConnell has been kind of back and forth on this. He, Mitch McConnell has been very excited over the fact that Donald Trump has been impeached because now they can apparently purge him out of the party. However, he has not chosen to come together for a special session of Congress. Congress will be meeting again tomorrow for the first time since the impeachment vote, at which point the Senate can begin the trial. However, they have business to get through, and it appears now that the trial is not set to begin until January 21st. Thursday, after Joe Biden takes the oath of office. Now, several constitutional scholars have said that this is still constitutional. They can still get the conviction, still push this through. 
even more constitutional scholars have come out and said that it is unconstitutional and they will not be able to hold a trial after um, reading on what grounds what's that on what grounds why are they saying it's unconstitutional because the president would be out of office and he would be a common citizen asking to answer for a crime that occurred while he was in office after a reading of article 2 i actually tend to be in that camp i believe that yes, it is unconstitutional to do so, but I can see the arguments from the side that says it is constitutional. As far as the reasons for this, as we talked about last week, if convicted by the Senate and removed from office, even symbolically at this point, Donald Trump would lose his Secret Service protection, would lose his pension, and would be unable to run again in 2024, which I don't that's what believe. The, that's what they're really after. They don't give a crap about the pension of Secret Service because that's just automatically assumed when any, I mean, that's just perpetual. We always have that. Um, and then they get they get old enough that they pass away and then that security detail is relieved of their duty and they can be reassigned or whatever. Um, that's that's a built-in cost anyway, the mm -hmm. pension and the social and the social security the secret service that the costs for that are all built in already we, we already know what those are going to be um what they're really after is keeping him from running for federal office again period because they think and this is just me guessing um but if i was them i would much rather have to deal with one of the trump children in 2024 than deal with donald trump again so because that that's my prediction is that if he cannot run for federal office, if he because by that time he will be how old will he be? He'll be in his eighties. Oh, seventy eight. Okay, yeah, seventy four now. Okay, I mean he'll be close to eighty, and um, I mean he seems like he's a relatively healthy guy, but you never know. I mean, people get cancer all the time. Who knows? So um, if he's not physically able to run for the presidency in 2024, either because of his own health or because of um, this conviction, one of his children will. And the, I can already tell you what the messaging behind a campaign like that would be. And that would be, here's Ivanka or here's Donald Jr. or whatever, but don't worry, dad's going to be around as an advisor. And the clear message is going to be, dad's the power behind the throne. So vote for me because you're still going to get Trump. That's exactly what it's going to be. Just like it was with Bill and Hillary. I don't. Everybody knew Hillary called the shots. And see, I don't know if he would run again. Because he's been essentially financially ruined at this point. Deutsche Bank won't do business with him anymore. Which is probably one of the shadiest banks in the world. They won't do business with him anymore. Um, I know several other banks have pulled out of the Trump or kicked him out of his checking and savings accounts. Even just a simple checking account he can't have at some banks anymore at this point. Uh, the PGA has pulled out of his golf courses. Mm -hmm. And his kids are blacklisted. They can't go join country clubs. They can't go... Do no. They are losing money hand over fist as a family. In a year or two years... I could absolutely potentially see them declaring bankruptcy again because they have so many because they have so many assets to pay for. Mm -hmm. They have so many homes and boats and planes and God knows what else, um, mortgages, just everything, cars, 
all of that stuff. Um, if you have so many assets that are that are liabilities that that you're still paying on, and suddenly your spigot gets turned off a little bit, even if it's only half strength, suddenly you have to start liquidating things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as far as assets go, I mean, a lot of people try to come out and say, "Well, Trump, he was never a billionaire. Just let me look at it. Look at everything that he's got and all the debt he's got." No, he had assets. I mean. Sell one skyscraper, and you could probably pay for every portion of the campaign that he put forward, and then some. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he owns a penthouse in one of the buildings. He owns the whole building. Right. Prime real estate in New York City. I don't think he'll want to give that one up. I think that would be the last one that he would give up. Because that's like his flagship. I understand that, but dude's got money. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he definitely has assets that he can liquidate. I mean, what, I'm what, sure they have houses. They have houses overseas and all kinds of shit. But let, um, me, let me let me walk that back and rephrase, uh, rephrase that for a sec, because I, I think that actually might have been inaccurate. Dude's got ability to get money. I don't think he's got all that much. Like, I don't think he's got a lot of cash on hand. But he's got the ability to get it. Well, and the other thing is that um, his companies also own lots of assets too. Mm-hmm. So what may end up happening is that the companies start to liquidate assets here and there, and then they and then Trump takes a paycheck from the company, right? Because he's in debt. Because personally, he can't, you know, like his his earning potential has been stifled. But I don't. Going back to where we were going with the impeachment, I don't think the kids are going to run. I don't think I, I mean, I understand I where it's, where it's glorious and where the MAGA crowd thinks that it's going to be the best thing for, I don't think the kids are going to run because they are ruined. They are never going to be accepted in polite society again. They will run with the hope that they can clear their father's name and make all of that right so that they are no longer ostracized. They'll, they will, dad will convince them to do it because it's righting a wrong and you owe me because that's what kind of person he is. But um, whether or not it'll actually work is, I, I don't think it will. I don't think it'll go over well at all. Now, the base will love it, but everyone else will hate it. Yeah. I will not vote for a Trump a third time. I will tell you that. I got my fill out of that off the last two. And I can't yes, believe you voted for the second time. I had to get there kicking and screaming, but I did. I had my reasons. But I, I had to get drugged there, kicking and screaming, essentially. That was the hardest vote that I've ever made in my life. Because there was still a voice screaming in the back of my head, No, don't do it! But I weighed the pros and the cons. Plus, we got the show out of this. Um, before the impeachment vote came in, Kevin McCarthy was throwing around an idea. And I mean, it's kind of stupid in hindsight, so we're probably not going to... Well, we're running out of time anyway, but uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But uh, McCarthy also brought up the idea of going for censure. Okay. Instead of an actual impeachment and conviction, which I actually probably would have supported too. I mean, the impeachment at this point is strictly symbolic. Swalwell's going to go carry the uh, the articles over. They're going to have the trial. It's 50-50 whether or not they can even have the trial at this point. We will see. 
I don't know. I think that would have probably been the better route at this at at this point in the presidency with eight days left to go when they made the vote official. I think censure would have been the better idea. You know, he gets the slap on the wrist. He's not allowed to do anything. He's a lame duck anyway. He's out of there in eight days. Mm-hmm. Simple majority vote. It's done. It's gone. Right. So I don't know if, uh, what your thought on was that. Probably going to wind up cutting out the rest of the show here, but uh, I got one last one that I want to talk about on impeachment here because this is going to be the show that we're going to be seeing forever and ever at this point. And every president for the rest of history is going to be impeached because it's been so cheapened. Um, reading from The Hill, Marjorie Taylor Greene says she will introduce impeachment articles against Biden. Uh, looks like the impeachment articles will be for uh, taking in foreign money and abuse of power and being bought off by foreign governments. I don't think this is going to go anywhere, but once again, we're going to start to see all of this. Uh, Taylor Green tweets out on January 21st, I'm filing articles of impeachment on President-elect Joe Biden. 75 million Americans are fed up with inaction. It's time to take a stand. I'm proud to be the voice of Republican voters who have been ignored. Hmm. Okay, have fun with that. Well, especially with that. It's just bread and circuses, that's all. Yeah. Well, and especially with the... I mean, Nancy Pelosi still, even by the razorous thin of margins, Nancy Pelosi still has a House majority. They're going to be in lockstep. They're not going to do anything about this. Right. Even if you, even if statistics come into play and Nancy Pelosi loses the House in 2022, which is statistically what's going to happen, I'm not going to say, I don't have a crystal ball, I can't say it's what's going to happen, but by statistics, with the razor thin margins that she has, she's going to lose the House in 2022. Even if... They get to that point. I mean, it's not going to do anything in the Senate. By that point, there's probably going to be a President Kamala Harris anyway, because... Yeah, I don't think Joe's going to make it through term. I don't think he's going to make it halfway through the term. I know there are some people that are saying this big military presence out there is because somebody's going to be up there with a sniper shot to uh, make Kamala the president on January 21st. I hope not. I mean, of the two of them, I'd rather have Joe Biden, even though he's senile as all hell. He's... He's less dangerous than she is. But that's a whole other discussion. Oh, yeah. Then I'm sure that if you stick around with me long enough, we'll eventually be having that discussion right here on this channel as well. So uh, look forward to that. We are going to miss out on a lot of stuff off of here off the itinerary, but I do have one little bit of surprise stupidity for you to finish out the show. Because this was just too good not to go with. So let me find the article proper. There it is. I gotta pull the tweet up to get it here. Because I'll read you the article first and then I will show you the tweet that went along with this. Because the article is actually somewhat believable and reasonable to be out there. Mm-hmm. So from ABC7 News, WJLA. Virginia man stopped with unregistered gun, 500 plus rounds of ammunition in D.C., police say. So apparently uh, Virginia man was going through, he had uh, a forged credential, he was going through a D.C. checkpoint uh, with a credential saying he was part of the inauguration staff. However, for whatever reason, they didn't stop him until after he was about to go through the checkpoint. And then somebody suddenly realized that he had, uh, let me read from the article here so we can uh, 
get the actual sticker. Capitol Police asked him to pull over when he presented them with the unauthorized inaugural credentials to further investigate the document show, which is when an officer says several firearm-related decals were seen in the rear windshield, including assault life, and if they come for your guns, give them bullets first. So he was already at the checkpoint when they noticed all of this. They stopped him. They arrested him. They found a bunch of, uh, I think they found over 500 rounds of ammunition, several handguns, several rifles with him. This was stupidity enough. But ABC7 WJLA put this tweet up. Hold on, it's over here. Put this tweet up to go along with this story here. And this tweet reads, I'm not even joking. Police added that inside the vehicle was a handgun designed to be fired with a single hand and capable of expelling a projectile by means of an explosion. <laughs> I did see this and I thought it was hilarious. And it reminds me of a TikTok that I saw last week where uh, this girl is like ranting about guns and she's just like, well, back in, you know, Back in the caveman days, people had rocks, and now we have guns, and then it cuts away to this guy, and he goes, yeah, and now we have guns. Bullets are just tiny rocks propelled by spicy sand. <laughs> and I will forever think of gunpowder as spicy sand from now on. <laughs> nice. I'll, send, I'll have to send that to you. <laughs> it's hilarious. That'll probably be the first TikTok I've ever seen. <laughs> But yeah, just, I mean, the wording of this, just, it screams propaganda off of this. I love the end of that. I mean, first off, a handgun designed to be fired by a hand. Who'd have thought? By only one hand, as opposed to what, your feet? Well, I will say that the uh, the 50 cal sometimes takes two hands. I'm not going to lie. But uh, well, yeah. on top of that, and this was the best part. Capable of expelling a projectile by means of an explosion, like every other firearm in history. It is literally the purpose. Again, we propel things with the spicy sand. <laughs> uh, I'd hope that you would enjoy that one just as much as I did. I did. It wasn't a surprise, though, because I'd already seen it. <laughs> well, half of the time they aren't a surprise, but just the fact that that's the one that I chose is the surprise off of this. All right. Catch us up with the live chat here, and then okay, let's get back to all of our families. Um, everyone agrees that AOC is like nails on a chalkboard. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, what else? Matthew says, you're not going to get, you're not going to tackle the debt until you get rid of baseline budgeting. Nailbender says, give him a call if you start flipping houses because he's a carpenter. Um, no Trump children have done with that clown, says Chilaga. Ron says, there's probably not going to be a U.S. in 2024. It will be a remnant. Ron is like blackpilled to the extreme. Chalaga <laughs> uh, also says everyone knew Hillary called the shots in the 90s? Question mark? Yes. I don't know if you were actually born in 1984, but I was born in 1987 and I knew that. He was born um, in 1984. We've had this discussion, which oh, so was I, by the way. No. 
Just like Orwell, 1984. I mean, I didn't know it in the 90s. I knew it later. Mm -hmm. Like in the late, like in the mid 2000s is when I like figured that out. When I became more politically aware. Yeah. But yes. Yes, that was true. Um, I just remember the Chelsea Clinton cameo on Beavis and Butthead to America. <laughs> I actually met Chelsea Clinton when I was in college. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. She's not pretty. Um, sorry, I'm petty. <laughs> Ron says Wilson was a dangerous professor, gave the IRS, Federal Reserve, World War One, and World War Two. True. Um, Matthew says Trump needs to stick it to the security state and pardon Assange. He's not. No, they've already published. There's already been some statements that have come out from the administration saying that 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 a pardon for Assange is extremely unlikely. Um, apparently, he's supposed to pardon like a hundred people tomorrow. Yeah, and I bet you Assange is not on there. Tweet at him not. some more. Oh, wait, no, we can't. I don't think Snowden and Ulbricht will be on there either. Probably not. Which sucks. Um, Ron says his prediction, Pelosi has a stroke and dies in office, given a state funeral with a BLM 21 gun salute. Yikes. <laughs> Sergeant Peterson says they already know who shot Uncle Joe. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Oh. Not good. Um... Ron says, how old was the person who tweeted that? Five? Uh, Ron wants to know, how can we give you lemons? This is terrible. Yeah, I'm going to figure out what's going on with that and see if I've got to apply for something at this point. Um, I know DLive used to be monetized on default. I don't know what happened. But, uh, yeah, I tried to make a donation to the generational gap the other night, and it, they didn't have buttons at the bottom. So... I tried to do it from my phone and it still had buttons, but uh, they gave me an error when I tried to do it. So hmm. Maybe yeah. it's a glitch. I don't know. It's been a glitch for a couple days, though, because, yeah, I, it's been since Friday. So, is that it? Yep, that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us tonight. And uh, as always, go out and tell a friend, tell a couple friends, and get a couple more people in here so we can get some more conversations. I did see some new names in here, so thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us. I saw some new names this morning, too. So we're growing. We're definitely growing. Looking forward to bringing more people on and talking about the news, especially considering the mainstream news is going to be giving us fluff pieces like the outfit piece that we saw at the top of the show. So... Look forward to that and look forward to more stuff coming up here. I will be back here in the morning for more Contemporary. My wonderful co-host will join us once again on Monday for more of the Red Net Show. So come back and hang out with us. And if you can't get enough of us between shows, you can check us out over on the YouTube. Check our backlogs here. You've got a new project coming up here. So once we get some more announcement from that, we'll uh, get some more details on that. So go and hang out with her on the new project as well. So look forward to that. You can always look in the Discord that is linked in the description below for updates for everything. And as much as I don't want to give the support to Twitter right now because they're being bastards, that is the best way to reach us here. So you can find me over there on Twitter at Ed's Blog Twitter with a one in place of the eye. My wonderful co-host is over there at Libertarian red one go and check both of us out over there and hang out with us and the last thing as always is never take the words of bloggers podcasters or journalists find all the facts and draw your own conclusions because we don't know 
we're telling you our point of view, but somebody else is going to have another point of view. So go and make sure that you find all sides of this and then draw a conclusion. Elaine, lead us out with a last word here. Have a great week. Make good choices. Take care, everyone. <laughs>